Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting down every John Hyatt's song in alphabetical order. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson. Joining me as always, my sister in all things Hyatt, Sylvan Groth. Thank you, Jesse. Awesome. Your fellow native. Uh, asterisk, asterisk, which becomes very important for this song. But before we get into just talking about our shared history, I want to say thank you for finding a very special guest and ask you to introduce our very special guest. I will. Levi Petrie is someone who has been on Set Lusting Bruce multiple times. The first time was with a bunch of buddies, right? Wasn't it my friendship month? Yeah, I yeah. had Jeff and Ryan on. Yeah. yeah. And we had so much fun. I asked all of them to come individually. And Levi has been on multiple times. He was nice enough to actually record. We did live songs. And then he he then he recorded them live. And then because he is a wonderful musician, he sent me the track separately and said, okay, now we're going to insert because i was just doing audio at the time we're going to insert the studio this live version i've done clean versus just over the audio so yeah Whoa. levi is just awesome the vanity that sounds like vanity to me no that's just no, not at all no in fact i'm going to not embarrass you hopefully to say please before we forget talk about where people can find your music and then we'll remind them again at the uh, end of the episode where if someone wants to hear uh your music can they go and is there a particular song that you recommend people starting with oh great uh thank you very much uh 
on Spotify or Apple Music, Amazon, uh, Levi Petrie, L-E-V-I-P-E-T-R-E-E. -E -E. Um, and I think there's a song called The Brothers Rock and Roll. There's one of, within the last couple of years, like a newer standalone single. I feel like they're all singles these days, but that's one I'm, I'm very proud of. I think captures the rock and roll feel with a little bit of storytelling that's going for and I'm very proud of the production on that so I would say that don't you know where you come from you can leave it all behind there's enough for the two of us but I'd still give you mine count all the things that we've been through soon you're out of room i know that you whisper lies when you're speaking your truth you live on a place i can never touch doesn't mean there's no middle ground Doesn't mean you let me down, down. And if you want to follow along on Instagram, it's it it seems to change from time to time, just depending on how I'm feeling. But right now, it's Levi Saint Petrie, Levi S T Petrie. At yeah. And one of my favorites is "I Told the River." Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, which is one of my favorite songs. Why don't you give us a little elevator pitch about the story of Levi before we get into us breaking down our song? Sure thing. I just heard from Sylvan as well, fellow Louisianian. I've been to Jazz Fest several times. It's such a special event and, and place to be. But I grew up between Lafayette and Lake Charles, Louisiana. My, my dad, I was born in, in Jennings, which is right off of like I-10, and then grew up a little bit in Lafayette, Youngsville, running the roads between there. And I'm primarily an actor, like it would I guess would be my background. I went to school for that in Natchitoches, Louisiana, Northwestern State, home of Steel Magnolias, and then ended up in Chicago, was doing theater there for a while, came out to California. I've been here for 15 years and it's had its ups and downs. There's a actually a John Hyatt song called Adios to California that has been one that has been with me the last couple of years that I listen to a lot when I'm down in the dumps. I think maybe might have been during the pandemic. But yeah, I so and then finally learned how always wanted to play music, always wanted to write songs, was very obsessed with the radio growing up and digging deeper. And I've been playing music and writing songs for probably 10 to 12 years now, learned how to play guitar, essentially taught myself when I moved out here and put a band together and was giving it a good push for a while. And it's since the pandemic, it's taken a little dip and it, it comes and goes since getting married, but feeling good. It's been very creative time the last few months and actually just had a, a little songwriting session with a, a friend that made me feel very good and about where things are. So I did want to, 
Yeah, I did want to throw out, we have not talked audios to California yet. So we will pencil you in that when we're going to do it, right. I love that you have that personal connection. Uh, it's a very personal song to Sylvan. And it was like okay. third up when we were talking, she's, I just want to get a little more mileage on doing this podcast before we reach into it. <laughs> I've often said it, we haven't done it yet because I'm a wimp. And I, there's a demo version of a song called Right Now. So we put it in the R's instead of the A's. Okay. So, okay. All right. You got oh, plenty I, of time for that one. Yeah. Your Good. podcast, your rules. There <laughs> we go. So Levi, welcome so much. We're here. So, And I had uh, a follow-up question if I Please. Could. No, yes. I, because we also always say that we're not musicians. I'm fascinated by people who can play guitar. It's like saying that how to... Teleport or something like that. It's that just magic for me. And I'm also fascinated by the fact that John is always talking about how he only knows three chords or most of his songs, he only knew three chords. So, how many chords would you say, Levi? I, I would say I know how to get like a major or a minor out of every <laughs> single chord, like A to G, but, and then like some variations on there with a C sharp minor or something. So, I, I'm guessing if I had to put a number on it, I'm guessing it's at least 20 something chords, but I would say probably respect John Hyatt in terms of putting them in a song anywhere from three to five. Like I, that's all you're probably going to get out of me when it comes to that's the average. What more do we need here to get a good song out of this? Yeah, just to tell the truth, yeah. as they say, three chords yeah. and the truth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very cool. So Sylvan, what song are we talking about today? We are talking about Feels Like Rain. Should <gasps> I jump into just the facts? Please do. All right. First and most important fact is this is a five-star song. Sorry, everybody. This isn't up for a debate. I'm deciding right now. Also factual, this was track number 12 on not one, but three official releases. It is the final track of Slow Turning, which was released August 30th, 1988. That album was recorded from May 20th to June 6th, 1988. It was the second album for A&M Records, also known as the second album in the Recovery Trilogy. It also appeared as track number 12 on The Best of John Hyatt, which was released in 2001, and track number 12 on Hyatt Comes Alive at Budokan. So there was a little bit of a theme going on there. It's really been a regular part of John's set list ever since Slow Turning came out. Understandably, he talks about writing this song in a bootleg that I have sampled and we're going to play at the end of just the facts but before i get to that the band on slow turning was the goners the seminal band they did a slow turning reunion tour that features sunny landreth on sly guitar dave ranson on bass kenny blevins on drum there's also background vocals on this one by ashley cleveland and dennis Courier. I'm sorry if I mispronounced those names. When we get to covers, there's so many great ones. And we put together our YouTube playlist, which not only included some of these beautiful covers, but a lot of guitar instructors breaking down this song, which I found really fascinating because, again, I have no musical talent myself. This was featured on two official tribute albums. The first, Rolling Into Memphis, 
was released on Telarc Records in 2000, and that featured Tad Bonet and Raphael Neal doing a cover of Feels Like Rain. It was also on the compilation album called It'll Come To You, which was released in 2003, which was uh, covered by Buddy Guy featuring Bonnie Raitt. There's also some great cover versions of Buddy Guy and John Mayer doing duets of this song out there on the YouTube world. And Aaron Neville, who of course is very closely associated with New Orleans, did a beautiful version on one of his albums as well. So that's really even just the tip of the iceberg with just the facts. So this took place on a Sunday morning back in the wintertime and me and the missus were sitting in the living room and had the Sunday paper spread out all over the floor. I had my blue plaid pajamas on. I was sitting next to her there on the couch and we'd already read the paper and I wanted to talk about other things like love. And uh, so I picked up my acoustic guitar because, because well, that's how, that's how I do my talking. And I said, Mrs. Hyatt, I know what you like, girl. You'd like to be down in Louisiana right now in the nighttime with the rain coming down. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that I'm so glad you pulled that uh, quote for us and we got and to he hear has it. Told a version of this basically. It sounds to me not being a songwriter, but being someone who's tried to write fiction, sometimes you get really lucky and you have that moment of inspiration and a first draft comes out pretty close to where you're going to end up. I don't know if I believe that, despite the fact that John has heard a version, said a version of this story that he was sitting around in his pajamas thinking about Louisiana and this just floated out of him as a love letter to Nancy. But it's one of those that the story is so good who the heck cares if it's true? Because I want to believe it. So I will. Yeah, I, I'm going to get Levi's thoughts in a minute. But I, I think back, and this was so powerful for me. We were in Nashville doing the Country Music Hall of Fame, the museum there. And there, it was a songwriting section. And when they will have, they had the lyrics to I Love. And you push it and there's Tom T. Hall going, this is a song that makes people crazy because I wrote it in five minutes. It sold a million copies and people think, oh, it should be that easy. And it never is. So I do think sometimes. And so Levi, you've written some songs. Does it ever come that easy to you? Sometimes you mentioned a song called I Told the River earlier, which is something that I think probably came out within five to 15 minutes. And then there are other songs. I was just, I just had a friend over within the last hour or two going over songs that I went back into the catalog. I'm like, oh man, I've had some of these for 10 years that I just, because there's like a word or two off, I just don't feel right about it yet. Or I feel too nervous to even sing it and maybe get the right words out or do the right editing. So sometimes it can take a very long time. This song has brought up it feels like rain just through the imagery I've had listening to it of, of Louisiana rain brings up a song for me that I have called warm Louisiana rain that I've had for over 10 years 
that I just, I keep beating myself up over not getting it right, not able to figure out what the right story is. So sometimes it can just pour out of you and other times it just sits in the vault for years. Yes, what they say, art is never finished, only abandoned. So yeah, that's a good one. All right, any other Just the Facts, Sylvan, or we'll take a break and then we're gonna come back and talk the song. I'll mention the producer, Glenn Johns, because he is also uh, deserving of the credit, but it's just so much magic in the whole album. And again, we could just pull up a million different covers, a million different details of that very special album and this song. And I'm really excited to dig into it. Yeah. And Buddy Guy had an album called this and won a Grammy. Yep. Pretty good legacy. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Okay, we're back. Before we actually jump in... You yeah. can decide whether you want to keep this or not. But actually, I had a little bit of a grudge because okay. one time I saw Buddy Guy in concert. And of course, he's known for covering all these old 50s standards like Mustang Sally or whatever. So he played all these old classic rock songs. And then he said, let's time to play a Buddy Guy song. And he went into Feels Like Rain. And I was scandalized. How dare he take the credit for that? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that story. Yes, uh, I think I've told you the story. Um, Sarah Hickman, who's my friend, used to cover when she was early. It hasn't happened yet. Mm. And she was like, oh, that's a John. I'd say that's John Hines. It's a, I just thought it was a Roseanne Cash song. <laughs> and I was like, it's actually John Hyatt. Very nice. All right. We're going to come back in just a minute. Hang tight. You know you're going to love it. Okay, we're back. We're going to start with our guest first. Quick thoughts about the song, Levi. Quick thoughts about the song? Okay, let me try to sum it up here. So my my my, my initial thought upon listening to it was because I'm I would consider myself a John Hyatt novice. Like I definitely know some John Hyatt songs, but am have I done like the deep dive the same way that you and I have discussed with Bruce Springsteen or some other artists that I love? No, I'm not. So very excited to keep going even further. But so when I was listening to this song, my my first thought was like, gosh, I don't know if I've heard this song, but there's something about it that sounds so familiar that makes me feel like I have heard this. There's got this kind of classic smoky feel or sound to it the great production on it and sylvan mentioned glenn johns earlier when i like i i made it as i was listening to it i was like oh wow like these drums sound really clear really great and i made it a point to look up i wonder who the producer on this was like oh it's glenn johns like one of the greatest producers of his era so yeah, I don't know how much you want me to, to say in this bit. Should, should I just give you all my notes and thoughts that I had? No, or wrote no. If, if you think it's appropriate, we'll reach through the lyrics. We're going to go through the lyrics one at a time. All okay. right. So, yeah. Do you have the lyrics in front of you? Let me pull them up here. Okay, good. So we'll have you read part of the lyrics, too. All okay. right. I can clean all this up. Sylvan, your quick thoughts on this one, besides that it may be a five-star song. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. But John got Louisiana in four minutes or however long exactly, depending on which version you're listening to. And I remember I would have been nine years old when this song came out and I had been listening to Louisiana music like it was my lifeline back to the place where I was born because I was growing up in the Northeast and all I had of my birthplace, I didn't know my family from there, was the music. And Whenever this song came on, my mom would say, there really is something that you don't know what it feels like, the heat that exists in Louisiana. And then all of a sudden a rainstorm comes in and it's such a relief and it's so beautiful and it's cleansing. And I'm not sure exactly what words she used, but she tied this song so much to the imagination of my birthplace. And this song came on no matter what version it was. And it was like, it's in my bones. I, I didn't need to feel it as a child. I knew what it was like to be there where the river meets the sea. And it was like this little birth gift to, to me from John, even though it came years later. And I, I did share the story when we talked about me going to Jazz Fest, how this wasn't on John's set list, which I couldn't even imagine, but someone from the audience called out and it was transcendent. I had never heard this song in that way before, even though I thought I knew this song and experienced this song in the most intimate of ways a million times before. It was It 
is so to me tied with the idea of Sonny Landris slide guitar, but I've yeah. seen so many different musicians tackle it, including Mike Ward, who is on the Hyatt Comes Alive at Budokan. And I remember my mom sitting next to me when we first saw that tour saying, I can't believe he's going to try to be like Ry Cruder and Sonny Landreth and can he pull this off? And of course he did because he's a professional musician. It's not quite the same, but I think that experience also taught me about how different guitarists sound and that each sound is just as valid. There's so many live recordings with every single musician that John's played with. And in my opinion, they all sound great. A couple of thoughts for me. One, I, I think of Randy Newman's Louisiana 1927 is another powerful song about Louisiana. And I remember the first time I heard that was when Saturday Night Live, and that's how old I am, was broadcasting live from Mardi Gras. And they had Randy Newman playing with the New Orleans Symphonic Orchestra. And I'd never heard the song before. And I was living in Lake Charles at the time and was just struck by it. The other story I love is the TV show Treme. Um, and Steve Earle is playing a character. He is not playing himself. He is playing a New Orleans musician. And he is talking to a young woman who is a violinist, the fiddle player. And she had never heard it. And so they're watching John sing in House of Blues. And she said, oh my God, I've never heard a song that better captured Katrina. And Steve Earle's character says it was written blank years before Katrina. That's the beauty of a song it can become universal. And I think of that every time I think about this song, right? That someone, and yeah, it is. Cultural moment. Thank you for bringing that up. It has been in my notes, but there's just so much with the Yeah. yeah. And when Levi and I talked for one of the first times, right? Lake Charles is where I grew up. And that's where I graduated high school from and where I, my first couple of years of college, and that's where Lynn and I met, got married, and then moved to Dallas. And there is that drive from Lake Charles to Lafayette, going through the Atchafalaya Basin to go to Baton Rouge and, and New Orleans. And, and, and that Pontchartrain Bridge is iconic. Yeah, this is just really wonderful. And I agree with you, Sylvan. This is just truly one of the classics that if you're a songwriter, you get two or three of these, you're pretty happy. And to to have know that John has done this many is pretty great. Sylvan, you want to start out lyrics? Out here the river meets the sea, and in the sticky heat I feel you open up to me. Love comes out of nowhere, baby. A hurricane feels like rain. I yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna get tongue tied just about how powerful and the simplicity this song can be. Because he's giving us, what, maybe 20 words, but I think between the words themselves, the vocal performance, and the slide guitar that just slips in there, exactly where this is, you there's no question to me that this could be set anywhere but New Orleans when we're talking about the sticky heat and the river meets the sea, and the talk of the hurricane, too. And that he's using that all-powerful image of destruction, as we, you were just talking about the link to Katrina, in a way 
that's about transforming people in a very positive way by falling in love. And I think it also plays into that feeling of you just let go in those moments of those weather phenomenon where you realize that there's nothing you can do to stop it coming. It's going to be a relief when it finally shows up. And then you just relax into that, the summer rain, feeling the warm rain, as opposed to the nasty snow I've got outside my window right now. So Levi thoughts on the first few lyrics and anything when you, whenever you feel like talking about as from what he's telling to us musically, feel free to share. Sure. There's a lyric that's going to come up later that because I wasn't, because I haven't lived with the song in the same way that Sylvan has for yeah. for years, it took hearing one, one specific lyric towards the end to make me realize like, oh, this has been about, this has been about New Orleans and, and Louisiana the entire time. But yes, when I go through that first set of lyrics, it's, yeah, it couldn't be anywhere else. And there is something about that, just that sultry feeling that that comes out in the music is how like I had my initial reaction to it had been smoky, but no, it's sultry, which is just a very Southern in the Gulf thing. Just that humidity. That's that just that sticky, sweet love. So yes, I see that as well. After having gotten to the song, gotten through the song and having other things unlock it for me, it perfectly captures that in the first set of lyrics that it's in New Orleans. If you know that, yes, it couldn't be any other place. Yeah, one of the things that I thought of is that, one, growing up at Lake Charles, when I moved to Dallas, and I'll keep this light just because it's so true, though, the first time we rented a house, my neighbors came and said, are why don't you water your lawn? And I went, you water a lawn? Because <laughs> growing up at Lake Charles, it rained every day. The other thing is the idea, right, of that, if that just like a hurricane, that feeling of where you, you sell hurricane maps. There are people that keep hurricane maps at their house and that, the track and they when they do all that and that there are places where it does it feels like it's going to rain but nowhere like southwest louisiana new orleans where it's in the air my dad said that he didn't like living in louisiana because you needed gills but yeah levi you want to take the next few lyrics sure Underneath the stars lying next to you, wondering who you are, baby. How do you do? When the clouds blow in across the moon and the wind howls out your name, feels like rain. Thoughts? I just that that feeling of your I don't know, do you ever like everyone's a mystery? Right. When you're yes. infatuated with them and you're falling for them and you just don't know, you you, you don't know where the new, next move is coming from. You, you think you, you feel something, but you also you're scared. And so you don't know. You just yeah, you're just still trying to you're still trying to figure it out. Each person's a game or, or a chess move that you're trying to figure out and just hope that they reveal to you. So it's beautiful imagery. Yeah, and I love the imagery of the 
clouds roll in across the moon and the wind howls out your name. And there is a perfect phrasing to John's, and it feels like rain. Like this is, is almost a mantra of I'm telling a story. It, like a great speech, like Reverend Jackson, right? Where he would, when he would give a, when Jesse Jackson would give a political speech, he would repeat himself and did this to make a point. And that idea of, and it feels like rain. It feels like the, the baptized in the water, right? To, to quote Bruce, right? Like this rain is washing away all that we're going. Sylvan, your thoughts. Always loved kind of the uh, dramatic tension and irony that he's being both very formal and very intimate in these little verses. And you leave, I've often imagined this as two lovers who are at the very beginning of the relationship falling in love, but it, it doesn't need to be that way because he also talks about being married for 20 years and looking over at his partner. And I think we've experienced this in long-term relationships where all of a sudden you realize, I think I know you, but my oh. God, who the heck are you? And have we checked in with each other for a while? Like, How's it going? It's so easy to forget. And that simple, how do you do is so lovely because that's all we're ever asking for is for someone to care about how we are. And that John is welcoming that moment of just saying, we've got this stillness before the storm hits. We're not going anywhere. Open up to me and to, to use that I love the weather as the metaphor here, that you're both trying to protect yourself, but you're also trying to give yourself over to it. And he's talking about lying underneath the stars. That's very romantic and very intimate. But then he's like implying that he's still trying to get to know this person. And the image of the clouds over the moon is so vivid and the idea that even nature itself is giving this person's identity and soul to the narrator of this song. It's just lovely. Yeah. And I love the romanticism of it would take me a lifetime to really get to know you. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a better, and I can't wait to take that journey with you. Mm -hmm. That is that I've told the story before, but like in 2012, Linda and I went on our first vacation together without another couple, without another, without the kid. And we were in the car and we realized, wow, we still like hanging out with each other. We aren't running out of things to say, or if we're not talking, it's because there's a comfortable silence. And it's, wow, after we got married in 84, we're we still like each other. And so there, there is that beautiful to it. And then I think perfect the, and it feels like rain, baby, can you feel it? Just the little bitty call of just setting it up is really good. All right. He ain't never, we ain't never going to make that bridge tonight, baby, across the poncha train. And it feels like rain. And it feels like rain. Poncha train is a, for those of you who aren't aware, it is a 
historic bridge in New Orleans. And that is such a great name to go with that, the song with Pontchartrain like, and Rain. You and it's could like, almost believe that before anything else, he had the idea of rhyming yeah. using that. Yeah, and you, see, you could see, right? Okay, John, fine. You say you can rhyme. <laughs> All right, Pontchartrain. Okay, <laughs> take the challenge. Yeah, I just, it is, when, why aren't they going to make that bridge tonight? Are they too busy just giving yeah. lovey eyes to each other and yeah. maybe fooling around on the banks there in the rain? Or yeah. is there such a bad storm coming that they're going to close it? And Linda will talk the story when Linda's gone visit, they will take the ferry over to across from New Orleans and we'll go to other restaurants or bars there that you got to get back. And mm -hmm. you could almost think that they had gone somewhere to for a rendezvous to enjoy and we're just not going to make it back that night. We're going to have to spend the night here in each other's arms. Uh, Levi, any thoughts? Yes. So this is the lyric, like when he finally references Lake Pontchartrain, where I was like, oh shit, like we've been in New Orleans, we've been in Louisiana the whole time. And it changes it a little for me where I'm able to like to get the full context of why everything sounds the way it does, because the music perfectly, um, you know, for me growing up in Southern Louisiana, there is something that is very special about the what I call the warm Louisiana rain. Yeah. And I love to just sit under my grandmother's carport and just watch it come down and just lose the hours. So once that hit me, like in, the, in that little bridge, I, I couldn't wait to go back then. Okay, let's start listening to this again and giving it new context. As far as what's what's happening and what could be happening in the lyrics there, maybe yeah, like it's just part of the metaphor for the stormy weather coming through and there's just, I don't know, something that's it's just inevitable that they can't be together for some reason, but maybe they have this moment. I'm going to show my musical ignorance. Is this technically a bridge that he's talking oh. about a bridge during? Let's see. But... I know what a verse is. I know what a chorus is, but I've never quite been able to figure out what a bridge is. I, know. I feel like that's a appropriately a bridge. It's tying the second chorus in with the third verse with the third verse. So I would say that just it's like a just a little bitty change to give us something different to then hook us to the next part of the song, to yeah. the next familiar part of the song. I agree. You want it to go next, Sylvan? You want ready for next lyrics? So batten down the hatches, but leave your heart out on your sleeve. A little bit of stormy weather, that's no cause for us to leave. Just lie here in my arms. Let it wash away the pain. Feels like rain. Hmm. I I don't know if you can express love any better than that. That to I am taking um your bad times as well as your good times. Let me um hold you and comfort you and let it wash away the pain. And also asking in a beautiful way, hey, stay vulnerable with me. Don't put your heart away, leave it out on your sleeve and keep your emotions open and out there. I, yeah. 
<laughs> I could literally go every word and talk about how great it is, but yeah, Levi. Yeah, the lyric, a little bit of stormy weather, that's no cause for us to leave. To me, that is the ultimate encapsulation of um, commitment to relationship, commitment to marriage. It's, yeah, we have our disagreements. We have our annoyances. But at the end of the day, like, I want to be with this person. So that's all that matters. And we work through that. So I, I love that line. Yeah, I do too. And one of the things I really love is when things work on two levels, right? He talks about, we're not going to make that bridge tonight, baby. And then he says, looks like we're in for stormy weather. You could mean that literally, right? That we're here, it's going to be, but that's no cause for us to leave. We're going to be fine. But it also could be, as you guys talked about, right? The idea that the road is long, but... I'll stick with you all the time, right? I, the idea that you've got a partner that's going to be through the stormy weather with you to see the rough seeds and someone who always has your back and you're committing to having their back is just beautiful. And I do love the imagery of rain cleansing your soul, washing away the pain, this cleansing and once again i think this is not unique to louisiana but there is that feeling when you're in new orleans and it's been a summer rain and then you leave the bar or wherever you're at the restaurant and it has this feel refreshness in it mm -hmm. there's this little less of the new orleans smell and a little more of the goodness <laughs> and when it feels like you've been rinsed and it oh, it's no, your new charging the air and, yes. yeah yeah it, it, it's we've re been renewed mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then i just love this and so i'd love for you to talk about this levi what do you think he was doing, trying to do as a songwriter and a musician with having this extended kind of ending that is the repetitiveness going for that? And oh, I realize well, okay. you can't speak for him, but just from your thought as someone who, you know, does this much more than Sylvan well, well, and I do. He captures... To me, he, he just, he captures a feeling. So it's like there is a, a groove that you just want to sit in that he can just imagine, like maybe the players are there feeling this out as well. But you can also just imagine, oh, this is just the type of thing where if you're in a little club, maybe that you just want to give yourself over and you're just watching the person like with your hands on the table and you're just in awe and you're just feeling it. It's just washing over your soul. This, I'm, I'm going to go through my notes here that probably Please. might speak to that specific moment, but there's just, there, there's, it feels, the, the song itself feels like a, a rainstorm that you're letting wash over you. It, it he, I, I tell you, I couldn't like, for, for, from the time that I figured it out that, oh, this is what the song is about and where it's placed. Oh, he does a, an incredible job of trying to make you feel that. And yeah, to, to me, it's that the, it, it, it's the same thing. Maybe I referenced earlier, I'm just sitting on the, I'm sitting on the porch. And I'm just gonna let it come. Just sit there and enjoy it and maybe let the world go away for a minute. 
and just accept mother nature as she comes in. And it's, it's a moment that we can share here together. You can just feel maybe the hands grip one another, or you're sharing a little dance under the patio with the one you love. That is a, a kind of special phenomenon that it never lasts quite that long. It's not like talking about very different genre of music, but Guns N' Roses had the song November Rain, right, is right. about a rain that you feel just lasts for months and is depressing and sad. But I think there's something about it's going to blow in and blow out. And yeah, we might miss a bridge overnight, but it's not like we're going to be stuck in this kind of dreariness for days and days. It's you give it up and then it's going to return somehow to the sun and heat of normal Louisiana weather. Yeah. And, and one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times, Levi, that reminded me, we have a little we have a little side porch on our house. And so we it's a deck, basically. But when they went to replace the roof, they're like, do you sure you want 10? I'm like, yes, I want 10. Because I grew up listening to that rain hint that tin in that carport or wherever. And that I want that sound. I want that sound sitting out there and you feel the breeze of the water and you hear that rain hitting that tin and making that sound. And we talk a lot on all my different podcasts about being in a place a song or a story or a movie or a book takes you from where you are and brings you to another time or place or location. And this does make you feel you're in this place with this couple. And John Wooten used to say, be quick, but don't hurry. And I think this doesn't feel overly slow but it's not rushed. It is just, is just, as you said, just smooth telling the story at just the right pace to capture the mood of this couple and this place and this feeling. Guys, anything? And we are being there or be here now that you are fully present in the song. If you're a character or a listener, I think. It's just, you're sitting with it and you're just feeling those emotions and you're not feeling the oppression of the world or so forth. You're really just letting all those things go at once. Yes. I'm just going to read through some of the things Please. I wrote down about, about this song. Because I, I tried to take in it. You'd asked me to come on just like with a, a musician's perspective, which I still yeah. want to, I want to have. I have some more stupid questions when we get to that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I'm very interested to hear what it was that, that you hear or you feel yeah. uh, just about the musicianship in it or just the production, maybe. Because there are a lot of production things in here that I heard. First of all, I, if you guys are on Spotify, maybe it's on Apple Music, too. The the album version and then the greatest hits version. This is so strange. But the guitars, the lead guitar, like at the intro and in the solo section are panned on different sides. I don't know if there was like a remix that happened at something, but I just, I was like, that's strange. I don't see that written up anywhere if there was like ever a remix. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But, I did but, not yeah, catch like, that. Okay. So yeah, if you're listening with headphones, you might be able to hear that a little more clearly. But with the the guitars and the electric piano, 
sometimes people talk about oh like this tone is is just unbelievable and other people go eh, i don't know how much the the tone matters maybe it's the playing or you're hitting the right notes there is a, a specificity and an intention in the way that these guitars sound and the piano sounds that complement the song or make it feel exactly it's pairing with the imagery of the lyrics there's something i think that he gets really right there and you can just feel like oh this was he had a clear vision for this or there was a good producer and there was like oh, i think we can find this maybe with this pedal or just doing something with the amp so i thought there's some great stuff in there. that first lick takes you exactly to the place that we've been describing but yes yeah and the other thing right this seems seamless right like that this doesn't look like it's trying that hard yet listening to you talk levi it sounds like in a lot of ways this could have been maybe he wrote it easily but there was a lot of work into making it seem this smooth and easy and it's i think it would be a great song regardless like i was listening to uh, a live version that yeah. exists and that has like maybe like a little bit of an acoustic intro yeah. as well and that works just as well you yeah. feel them just as hard and there this is the type of song where i feel like it does feel like a like a little effortless and could be jammy in some way or like somebody like some really good players just finding it as they go along but at the same time yeah it's it's very well crafted and has a lot of intention behind it so i once i started listening to it and getting into it i just couldn't stop which speaking of couldn't stop there it reminded me a little bit of a song that came later by the rolling stones off of their bridges to babylon album which is called how could i stop and it's a keith richards song but it has this same type of feel to it with the backing vocalists and this smoky, sultry feel to it. So if, if you guys aren't familiar with it, you should check it out. But uh, another thing that I thought this, those types of songs just have this groove where you could almost take out the guitars and the piano, and you could just have the drum sound, like the pattern, the beat, and then you could have whatever the bass line is, and you could just sit with that, and you could almost feel the same thing that's going on in the song and it's obviously that the other instruments add so much to it but there there's just a feeling with a really tight rhythm on this song that oh i i know where i am i know what type of song this is i know what i'm supposed to be feeling that you can just get so much out of so i thought that was great and then yeah the, for the drum sound i just remember as i was listening to it feeling like, ah, these are hitting so clear. Like, there's such a cool sound to it. Let me see who produced this album. Because I was actually wondering if it was uh, Don Wuss at first, who who did that that Rolling Stones album the, with the song I mentioned earlier. But no, Glenn Johns, who is famous for coming up with this new drum technique in the 60s, or like recording a drum technique. It's, oh, no wonder this, the drums sound incredible. The snare is amazing on this because you got a guy who just perfected or came up with an entirely different way of doing it plenty of credit too to kenny blevins who has been on many john albums and toured with john for decades and i i think gets 
a musicality out of drumming that is very rare. I, again, I'm not a musician, so I'm talking out of the side of my mouth here, but there are some drummers that it's all rhythm. And with Kenny, I really feel it's beyond rhythm. It's its own orchestra of itself. And I uh, love watching him perform. And I, I think he's fantastic. And he's also from Louisiana. So I feel like it was right there in his blood. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out this, the Rolling Stone song. I'm not familiar with it. So I will absolutely check it out. Any other thoughts? Though I now want to go back and I just did a real quick look at Wikipedia. This producer's got a few skins in the wall, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's worked with a few people. (laughs) I, I actually, I read his book a couple of years ago and I was like, oh man, let me see if I can pull this out. And I think I I donated it within the last year, so I couldn't find it, but I was hoping that that he would have, I couldn't remember if he had touched on any notes from recording this album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he also, shameless plug, when Jesse and I first met, it was for a little project called the Country Bears soundtrack. And Glenn was on that too. He was the producer for that too. So. Oh, which is wow. one of your gateway. Uh, yeah. what, 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 oh. Some of your favorite. Was, yes. You're it, already a fan, but this was one of your, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very special okay. thing to me. I have yeah. to ask, and I'm sure maybe this will annoy regular listeners who've heard this story, but you guys met like over something to do with the Country Bears soundtrack? <laughs> Jesse, I take full advantage of the fact that he has an unfortunate addiction to podcasting uh-huh. and decided to dedicate a month to John Hyatt and put the question out there to people uh, who wanted to talk about any of John Hyatt's albums. And I was late, so the classic ones were all taken. And I said, how about we talk about this one? Cause I think not a lot of people know that John was the songwriter and main performance or main vocal performance on the Disney country bear soundtrack. And I was correct that not a lot of people knew about that. And we had such a good time talking about it that he said, Hey, do you want to go on this A to Z journey? And I said, are you sure that's going to take seven years? And he said, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. not realizing Amazing. the full yeah. extent of his problem. Yeah. What was funny, Levi, is I didn't know anything about it. I just had gone to John Hyatt fandom and I said, hey, do you want anyone? And so I'd had a few people, this very nice person, Sylvan said, oh, I want to do this. And so as we're talking, like you've done a John Hyatt fanzine, how many, how long? And so it was, and we connected right away, just love talking to her. And the guys, I talked about, they're already doing Springsteen alphabetically, right? The guys from doing that. I said, and but I don't know if John gets enough love. And so I think, because I think a lot of people like you, you're like, I vaguely know him, but I haven't done a deep dive. And Sylvan and I, and so that's why we said, do you want to do this? And she's sure, why not? And this is, we do this every other Wednesday and it truly is just become a highlight of doing this. We do this every other week and it's a blast. Well, can can I, sorry, Sylvan, were you going to, I had a question. The other thing I said at the time was that usually people ask me, can you stop talking about John Hyatt for an hour? And now I have this great (laughs) friend who invites me to talk about John Hyatt for an hour at a time each song. Yeah. Hey, you might get asked to, to tour the country or the world doing the John Hyatt lecture circuit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did actually, I had the question of why, 
why don't I know more about John Hyatt? Why I think there's a radio station here that I think probably I've heard a couple of his songs on. And I want to say there, as I went through looking at his catalog, yeah, I've heard this song. So maybe I know it from some soundtracks or I heard it on a, a radio station in Chicago that I love. But why, as super fans, why would you say that people just don't know as much about John Hyatt? Like, why isn't he just, why aren't his songs as universally known? Big question. Um, let's take a drink. Michael Elliott covers quite a bit of that in the official biography of John Hyatt, Have a Little Faith. Mm -hmm. But my personal feeling, if I could really encapsulate it into kind of a soundbite, is that John Hyatt was Americana 20 years before Americana existed. And if we had that label, John Hyatt would be so much better known, but people didn't know where he fit when there are those radio stations that were rock or country or something else. And the record companies thought that you needed to fit in one of those nice, tidy little boxes. But I do think that his audience has always been there for the waiting. It's funny that I was also digging out some notes about movie called The Rookie that Jesse and I are going to be discussing on another podcast soon. And it just so happens that the high executive of Disney is one of those people who just love John Hyatt passionately and was behind the scenes pushing him into these different soundtracks. And I'm sure had a, a part in uh, John being the voice of Ted Betterhead, the country bear. So it's interesting. Yeah, and Have a Little Faith is a song that is used on soundtracks all the time. Yeah. And yeah, and you wonder, I mentioned, I can't remember if it was Warren Zane or Peter Carlin. Any was somebody that was a writer we were talking, and he mentioned, he said, just, just it, it never seemed right. John never just hit lightning at the right place and and even now today's i is americana mainstream like i i have all the people like my latest obsession is jason isbel and they're like i don't know who he is and i'm like he's pretty awesome but and it feels my wife used to say john hyatt is the songwriter like other songwriters like roseanne cash and others bonnie Raitt love his music and that's yeah I, and his daughter lily is amazing and she talks about she's furious he's never won a grammy and hmm. he's i don't care <laughs> i don't care but he's been there are also quotes from him in his 20s where he talks about the chip on his shoulder and i think he's also admitted that if he had gotten the kind of success that he wanted he probably wouldn't be alive now because it would have fed into his other troubles with addiction and so forth. And we're really getting into <laughs> oh, that's okay. navel gazing and so forth. But yeah, I, all I know is that I am so incredibly grateful that he has been able to continue being a professional musician for such a long time that we've got this amazing catalog that's going to take us seven years to get through. And that I can still reasonably expect to be able to get tickets without having ah. to pull any clout or anything. And for the record, <laughs> I've done the fan magazine. I now have done this podcast. The record companies and John's management 
could care less about me. I think yeah. they, the kindest thing they do is look the other way yeah. <laughs> and don't pay much attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I'll tell you, I think one of the best things about being able to grow older is being able to look back and find, oh, there were all these great musicians that maybe I knew some of their stuff, but I like, I didn't dig deeper into the catalog and you have that chance. So I'm excited now. Like I, having loved listening to this song, okay, I bet I'm going to love the rest of the feel of this album. I can't yeah. wait to dig into this album in particular. Okay, And just knowing that there is someone who is so well-respected has a huge catalog that I now probably get to find some new favorite songs and that, I'm just really going to get to dig into this. And that's, that, that's great. That makes me so happy. I know it makes me someone too. happy and open door. Anytime you run into, I'd like to talk this song. I'll send you the link. We have a spreadsheet that kind of lists them all in alphabetic order and when our projected recording dates are. And you're welcome anytime, Levi. Absolutely. Well, look, I know Sylvan is very special for you. I'll be looking to it. I'll be looking forward to the Adios to California episode. How about that? Because I, I love that song as well. So I'll just be a listener and you know look forward to listening to everything that you have to say about that. That's that sounds awesome. All right. So getting us now, I'll clean up all this. Any final thoughts on the song, Levi, before we rank it? Rate it. Oh, for you, rate it. Yeah. I, Thank I, God we're not ranking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's already a, it's a five star song from what yes, I was told at the is. beginning of this episode. Spoilers, yeah. yeah. I mean, like over just that. Uh, I think I said this at the beginning. It's like I I wasn't sure if I'd heard it. Like as, maybe I have. There was just something so familiar to where it felt like a friend that you've just known all your life. You know that's that's nice. Yeah. That's 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 how I would describe that. But that's that's what I really loved about the song when I heard it. Oh my gosh! Like I, it's like when a friend tells you, "Hey, check this song out." Sometimes you don't really, sometimes you don't really respond to it. And this is, oh yeah, this is, this is an all timer. I surely I must know this song or must have heard this song before. So that that was my feeling upon listening to it. So I'm very grateful that you asked me to to join you for this particular episode. I am thrilled and you've lived up. I, I knew you'd be awesome. And we're going to give you in a few minutes, it lets you uh, plug some of your own work. But Sylvan, any final thoughts before we? I have a final annoying stamp. question for okay, Levi please. as our musician is that, is it necessary to have the slide guitar for this song? Is this song not feels like rain if you don't have the slide? Feels like rain I said it feels like rain How you feel it, baby? Tonight, baby. 
liner notes of Slow Turning, but in the best of liner notes, Sonny Landreth is credited for playing six and 12 string electric and acoustic slide guitar, six and 12 string electric guitar and national steel. So I, I don't know if that's five different instruments that he's credited on playing for one song or. So I, I, I want to see a version of this done live now because I had not, I don't think it jumped out of me that it was like a pedal. You said a pedal steel or mm -hmm. steel guitar. So I like, I kept thinking that it was. Slide baby, guitar. Oh, slide, slide guitar. guitar. Oh, but it, they, okay. they, I'm, they I'm, mentioned pedal steel too. Yeah. No, you did say slide guitar. So I've, I, I've been thinking steel guitar, not slide guitar. Ah, so I need okay. to go back and listen to this again. Okay. And I realize I'm taking up the time That's here. That's okay. Do you have a feeling that maybe it didn't need to be a slide guitar? because i've heard it live so many times and sometimes john is just there by himself or sometimes he's with a musician that is known as the primary slide guitar artist like ry cooter or sonny landreth and sometimes he's with a guy who's not known for that kind of playing at all and i've found it interesting that i've never found it lacking yeah, I've gotten into big debates with people who are sitting next to me at the concert of, oh, that wasn't as good because we didn't have that very luxurious, long extended notes and the journey that takes you on. But it it's never felt lacking to me. On the recording, you know, everything sounds perfect, but I am all about if it's a good song, it'll sound great no matter how it's done. So if it's just John Hyatt there just doing it by himself, like you're going to you're going to feel that you're, I, I think you'll feel it with, without it, or I don't know. I I'm pretty, I I've only been sitting with it for a little while, but I'm pretty attached to this recording. I love this version of it, but I don't know in the live version that I listened to earlier. I don't recall if it was exactly the same way. It felt like a, a little bit different. So I don't think you have to have it in there if you're just sitting in the audience and you're hearing it live but whatever they did on the recording i feel like okay we got the feeling right thank you for indulging me with that question and i didn't no, mean to put down great, no no that's a great question all right I, I i may nerd out a little bit and dig even deeper and follow up with you on that it. okay would be like great. Really isolated. that would love that i'd love that so yeah this is a five-star song that's First ballot Hall of Fame, as they say, right? This is just one of the wonderfuls, and that's why we wanted Levi to join us. Levi, this has been so much fun. Please tell our listeners how they can reach you if they have questions and how they can check out some of your amazing music. Yeah, please do if you're listening uh, on Spotify, Apple Music. It's Levi Petrie, L-E-V-I-P-E-T-R-E-E. -E -E. And uh, Instagram, you can find me uh, at Levi S. T. Petrie. Very nice. I will probably put a little snippets of a couple of your songs on this so they can catch a sample, if that's okay yeah. with you. Thank you very much, Jesse. Yes. Yeah, Appreciate that very much. Yes. We have and... a lovely audience who obviously has great taste in music. So it's, yes. I love the credit that we get when we introduce them to someone that they don't know that they can dive in just like you're talking about diving into John. Yeah. So listeners, as always, thank you for being there for us. If you want to reach Sylvan, you can by finding our Facebook page, The Perfectly Good Podcast, or I'm Sylvan Groth on Facebook. You can also Gmail us at perfectlygoodpodcast at gmail.com. And I am Sylvan Green Eyes on X, but I very rarely check that. 
So I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on X, aka still Twitter. You can hear me talk music on Set Lusting Bruce. I also, we may have a page and a half of podcast notes, but Levi was nice enough to be on the podcast and he did songs live. And so I may include the note to that link to that so you guys can hear him talk about the songs. He talked about what he was thinking about, what he was feeling about and recording. And that was a really fun time. We had a great time. So I may include that link for people to check it out. I got comments from people about that. So thank you. Really? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that is nice to hear. That's great. All right. Another one in the books. Levi, open door. Anytime you want to join us to, to talk, we would love to have you. Sylvan, thank you for doing all you do. And uh, it is so much fun. Because I've also pushed a little bit of extra work your way with the editing on this one. I'm sorry about that. But nah, there are it's... just too many good neat little clips that I could share with you, John's story. And I think one of his better solo performances that uh, you promised to close us out with, because it just perfectly talks about everything that we've been talking about through the song. All right. So guys stick to the end, hear that. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to go to iTunes, rate and review us. And I think we're going to end with, we end every episode with have a little faith. So have a little faith, have a little faith. Have a little faith. Bye. Bye. Listen, baby. Listen to the rain. Listen, it goes bit to pat to bit to pat to bit to pat to bit to pat to bit to pat bit to pat bit to pat bit to pat to bit to pat bit to pat bit to me keep it to a hush got the same promise when i blabbed it to a squirrel next i told the river the river told the world i told the river that you were my girl next thing i knew it traveled around the world got back to me that you had now heard i told the river Top said he was sorry, but he might have eavesdropped. Rented a plane, tried to ride it in the air. Pilot told me clouds tend to overshare. Went door to door where I tried to spread my truth. Said not to bother, cause they already knew. Tried to keep it secret, but it seems to got away. Trying to keep it secret was my first mistake. I told the river that you were my girl. Next thing I knew. Travel around the world Got back to me that you had now heard I told the river and the river told the world I told the river and the river told the world Hey, word got around, you were feeling it too 
But you were waiting till I told it to you You didn't heed the lesson I learned You told the river and the river told the world I told the river that you were my girl Next thing I knew, travel around the world Got back to me that you had now heard I told the river and the river told the world I told the river and the river told the world I told the river and the river told the world author Tom Piazza writes a lot about music. He wrote a, an episode around this song of mine, Feels Like Rain. Feels Like Rain, I actually wrote it 23 years ago. The inspiration was I was kind of newly married. I just uh, married my wife of 25 years. And then I had this new band and these guys were all from Louisiana. The song kind of talks about you know, the mysteries that that are Louisiana to me and uh, and being in love. It kind of came out as a song about uh, inclement weather. And then, you know, this was... A, pre-Katrina, of course, and you know, they're used to dealing with storms down there, And uh, but Katrina was, nobody was ready for that, of course. The city was beat down, and it had suffered horribly, but the people have come so far, you know, it's always about the people. And um, yeah, it was, it was very good to see that. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just one of our great, greatest American cities, you know, it's such an important place. It's the song about what's good about, you know, uh, trouble. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if you can't make something good out of trouble, then it's just trouble. You know, I don't think you can rejoice without uh, having been in the darkness. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.